0: It takes a little more to make a chip, and so go get it.
1: The stories we tell ourselves as people, as teams, as organizations, you know, they often get in the way of the changes we want to make in the world. We actually need to propel our stories forward, not hold us back. This is Unstop the Story, where we're looking at how amazing people and companies are being resilient, flexible, brave, and daring in the face of an ever-changing landscape. And we'll talk about how you can do it too. Welcome to Unstop the Story with Unstoppable Tracy. Are you feeling like you are hanging on by one finger? That's chapter 10 of my book, Unstoppable You Hanging On by One Finger. And you know, it's inspired by climbing in the Himalayas of Nepal. And my guest this week is climbing seven summits. This March will be his seventh summit. You know, repelling is an activity that has you feeling very alone as you are hanging off on this cliff and no one's in sight. And when you're At your feet or your knees, in my case, because I don't have any feet. And when your knees or your feet leave the edge of that cliff, it can be so scary. And when you're out there, you're hanging by this rope and you're depending on this lifeline. And I know I go through all sorts of emotions. And I think some of you feel like you're hanging out there on that cliff going through all these emotions. And in this time, it's then that I remind myself, That courage is not without having fear, right? Courage is in spite of the fear, doing it anyways and repelling, scared out of my mind, but still jumping in. You know, my journey to World Cup Olympic class racing sailing regattas and finding my mentor, His name was Magnus Ligidal, a gold Olympic medalist in Miami. And uh, nice surprise, he's going to be a future guest in a future episode. You know, in my attempt to get to him, I had to leave my family and my friends behind in Canada. And I really felt all alone a lot of times. And you may or may not know, I was sleeping out of my car at times. And rigging boats and towing boats from Canada to Miami all alone. And it left me feeling really alone when I was going from event to event and I had very little money. And I did have this passion to feed my soul. And the reality was I rallied and I got to rally Magnus Ligdal, this famous gold Olympic medalist and so many other phenomenal volunteers who shared in my journey. And I was not alone. A ton of you supported me when I felt like I was hanging on by one finger. And you know, if you look at some of these photos of when I was climbing the cliffs in Thunder Bay or climbing the Himalayas in the Annapurna region of Nepal, when you look at these pictures, In the frame, I'm always all alone in the picture. And you notice I've climbed without my legs on. So there's no arms and there's no legs. And I've got all this fame and glory and this, you know, rocky faced cliff edge, which is just incredible. And it looks amazing being independent as this four way amputee. But what you don't see in that picture is that I'm not actually alone, right? There's somebody on my safety line right up over the edge of the cliff on my belay line, on my rappel line, standing over the top is somebody who's got my back while I'm rappelling or scaling or climbing, right? And I'm holding on to that lifeline and I'm holding on with my one finger. I have a spatula. I have an opposition device that, you know, because of it being metal on my finger, sometimes it scares kids. So I make it more friendly. And I say, this is Trevor. And I make it a bit like a puppet. And Trevor, this spatula metal resistance device, it helps me hold on to things. And it's the same thing that helps me hold on to a pencil or a fork or a toothbrush. And it's also this tiny little tool, the size of my short finger appendage, that I am now hanging on to those rappel lines on those cliffs. And I remember, you know, when I first did it, I was under the impression that that person was lowering me on the safety line, on the rappel line, on the belay line, slow and steady, and that they were doing it. And I remember in one of those, oh my goodness moments, where I was just sort of, my stumps, my knees, they just left this overhang that was projecting out of the cliff edge. And I just stopped, right? I was frozen in fear. And I was too stunned to even move, frozen. And it was this oh my goodness moment, an OMJ, right? And all of a sudden I looked over and I could see how high I was, right? I'm 840 feet high and it was so beautiful. So it was a real, I don't know what the word is, but a real opposition of feeling. I was scared out of my mind, but there was the sun and the wind on my face and I was just frozen in fear. And I don't know how much time went by, but finally somebody shouted, "Tracy!" Are you on the ground? And this was being shouted from the top of the cliff. And at at this point, I still couldn't see in my sight line this lady who was in charge of my safety line, my partner. And that was Kathy Smart, one of my previous podcast guests. I hope you go back and check her out. And I replied, No, because I'm not on the ground. And so now I'm more scared because I'm dangling in the air, and the person on my lifeline doesn't think I'm there, they think I'm on the ground. And she shouted, I don't feel like I got control anymore. And at first, again, more panic. I didn't think I could get any more scared, but it was like, she doesn't have control over me. And then it sunk in proudly. She doesn't have control over me anymore, right? I realized I was doing it. It was me, right? I was facilitated in this moment of independence. I had earned independence and I knew in that moment, if I could do this, I could do anything. But there was no way that I would have been out there experiencing that moment of independence that you see in some of these famous photos without having that person on my lifeline setting me up for success, having my back, right? Who are your lifelines? Who's your support? Is it your parents? Is it your neighbors? Is it your coworkers? Who are the leaders? At that very moment, I knew I could do anything. But sometimes, you know, we think of even our youth, right? Are the people they're surrounding themselves with bullies? Is it bullies that's on their lifelines? Are they going to be there when they're hanging out on that edge? I just watched uh, Grey's Anatomy, a rerun. And it was funny, this 18-year-old boy is, fully immersed in some cement. And it's because some others had kind of dared him to do it. And he was trying to impress a girl, right? And so those were his lifelines. And now he's getting cement poisoning into his skin and he's locked in this cement. And, and what kind of lifeline is that to stretch him, right? Yes, jump, but don't jump out of that airplane until you know who packed your parachute, it was incredibly brave of him to do that. Very impressive, but not by those lifelines. You know, in life, sometimes you feel all alone and you're hanging off your cliff. Metaphorically, what's your summit? And you're the only one out there. And sometimes, for example, you're in the field, like a district manager who travels a lot, or you're parenting at home, especially in this pandemic, and your kids are home, and maybe you're a single parent or your partner's away. And you're accountable for a team or a project. You know, who supports you to get there? Is it your friends? Is it your family? Is it your coworkers? Or, or maybe it's a company vision. Sometimes we're so deep inside our heads and we're thinking about how overwhelmed we feel that we forget to look up, look out, look around, and shout out, right? Set up and seek out and notice. Who's showing up as our lifelines? I know this pandemic showed me who my lifeline is and the person on your safety line that represents someone you can trust and who knows, no matter what's going on or who you're being in that moment, that you are unstoppable. This podcast wants you to know that you are unstoppable and value that you can offer to the world. You know, like I did with Magnus, Magnus, my mentor, my gold Olympic medalist, who was my sailing mentor and another little plug, he's a future episode with me. So be sure to check him out. They'll have your back when you realize it's fine. And then you're ready to repel all the way, right? You launch, you get out there, you get those cliffhangers and you have a frozen moment, but then you jump. You don't have to know how you're going to get through this pandemic or your business challenge or your stressful parenting moment or your relationship struggles. You don't have to know how if you don't already, because at that very moment, you'll figure it out. That's the joy. The learning is the journey. It's experiential. That's what Magnus always said. The journey is what counts. And so my upcoming guest, Mark Patterson, an NFLer and a seven summit in March of 2021, my upcoming guest, he has this mantra where he says it takes a little bit more to make a champion. You know, this is the limitless secret to unstoppable you. Exceed uncertainty, embrace that possibility, and then go earn that independence. Now, each episode, I've been sharing with you a related exercise. And so this time, who's the person in your safety line, on your partnership world, in your solutions in this context? You know, list the people or the groups who you know, who you consider as partners, or you know, in my case, I hoped to inspire Magnus and eventually did. Who do you hope to inspire as partners? and identify which area or role in life that is. Is it personal? Is it business? Volunteer that they belong to? And then like the famous radio station, ask yourself WIIFM. What is in it for me? What is in it for me? But remember, you're speaking to their listening. What's in it for them? What can you do for them? I washed boats for Magnus for three months before he finally said, come on, let's go sailing. Or if I'm the safety line partner and I'm reaching out to all of you, if you're my lifelong ally, I might say, you know, become the superhero you knew you always could be that I know you are, that's what's in it for you. And will you please as a thank you if I have inspired you into action or given you newfound hope, will you go on to Google and write a review, will you go to and stop the story on your favorite podcast player and make a comment and share this and celebrate it? That would be something where you'd be my partner. My upcoming guest, Mark Pattison, in every facet of his life after the break is the kind of person that scales personal and professional summits, you know, you may or may not know for those of you not in the football world, Mark is a former NFL player drafted by the LA Raiders, and he played with the New Orleans Saints. He's an extraordinary philanthropist. He's a podcaster himself called Finding Your Summit. He's a successful entrepreneur, and we're talking millions, and currently an executive at Sports Illustrated, while well, he seeks to become the first NFL player to ever climb all the seven summits. To date, he's climbed six of the seven mountains with Mount Everest left in the spring of 2021. And in fact, he will attempt both Mount Everest and Lhotse, the fourth highest mountain in the world, within 24 hours of summiting Everest, which is less than 40 people in the entire world have ever done. So the seven Summits are the highest peaks on each of the continent. And Mark has dedicated his climb to his daughter, Amelia, for her overcoming her own Everest, which was defeating epilepsy. And Mark has raised what I thought was 28,000, including donations from both the NFL and the Las Vegas Raiders, and all the proceeds go to what's called Higher Ground, appropriately named. But he goes on to explain in the upcoming podcast after the break that it's more like well over 80,000 now. Mark's podcast, Finding Your Summit, has well over 100,000 downloads after 180 episodes, which provides powerful conversations with celebrities and sport legends. Including myself and others about overcoming their adversity and finding their way. Mark is a father and a caring human being who continually looks for opportunities to give back to others, like joining me today. And he helps people get off the sidelines and back into their lane of life by unleashing their potential and realizing what they are capable of in their lives. But just so you know, He's also very business savvy. When you look at his entrepreneurial life, he is CEO and co-founder of the Patterson Group. This was a branding and merchandising company that was a successful multi-million dollar business for 15 years. And he had partnerships with people like Starbucks, Microsoft, Amazon as part of his client base. And he was CEO and co-founder of Front Porch Classics. This was a venture-backed company that was acquired by university games and front porch classics invented the term coffee table games and front porch classics. It's a tongue twister focused on creating games so that dads and their kids could interact. And it was investor backed and it won toy of the year. And it was sold in 700 different retail locations and distributed in seven countries. And I mean, it's just phenomenal. And He was also Senior Vice President of Business Development for Scout.com. Scout is a business sports digital media company, which was sold to CBS Interactive in 2017. And he was Senior VP of Business Development for Maven. And so that's a founding group. And Mark helps digital properties like History Channel or Biography Channel. And Maven powers that world-class technology. And in 2019, Maven was acquired by The Street with Jim Cramer. And it also entered into now this long-term license deal to power and run Sports Illustrated. And it's, you know, just over four years and it's already over a hundred million dollars in revenue. And it's poised to go into the NASDAQ in 2021. So please hang in there and listen to this commercial break by my phenomenal podcaster, One Stone Creative, and join us after the break to hear Mark Pattison, a magnificent, magical, warm, heartfelt soul that really helps you find your summit. Be back in just a moment.
2: Tracy will be back in just a moment for a conversation with Mark Pattison. My name is Megan Doherty, and I've had the pleasure of working with Unstoppable Tracy to co-create Unstop the Story, which you're listening to now. One Stone Creative is a podcast and online course creation agency, and we love to help plan, build, and distribute podcasts that tell important stories while working towards key business objectives. We especially love working with authors like Unstoppable Tracy and have a special book to podcast program designed to help nonfiction authors transform their books into valuable multimedia podcasts. If you have a book or a story and you want to bring it to the world in a new format, find us at onestonecreative.net. That's O-N-E stonecreative.net. Now, here are Tracy and Mark.
1: Welcome to Unstop the Story with Unstoppable Tracy. I have an unstoppable Mark Patterson joining me. Many of you know him already. For those of you that don't, he is an NFLer, and he is an extraordinary man that is going to be the first to climb seven summits. I was starting to describe it very thoroughly in all of his business adventures before the break, but now we have the actual mark. So I want to just jump to extraordinary mark. Holy cow, 2021. Seven summit, you're
0: here. Yeah, you know, hey, I appreciate that. That's probably the best intro I've ever gotten in my life. The unstoppable mark. I love that. You know, actually I've had to over this last year. You know, we all were affected by COVID in various ways and businesses shutting down for people like you that speak around the world, and you really your life has been about communication and articulating, you know, messages. When it happened to me, I was scheduled to go to Everest last year. Yes. and climbed on the on the south side, which is going through Nepal. And of course, the whole world shut down, so we couldn't travel. And so when everything got pushed out, part of what I've been doing too is also not only climb, but kind of reshine the light that the NFL has shown on me back to my daughter who has epilepsy and fundraise for an organization I paired with here in Valley, in Idaho, called Higher Ground. And so I felt really compelled, like, it's an opportunity, not a curse, and that we're not, that I'm not personally going. And so, what can I do to kind of like up the game? And so, not only am I taking on Mount Everest, but I'm also going to come down and jump in my tent for a couple hours at 26,000 feet and then go up and climb Lotse, which is the fourth highest mountain in the world. And then come down. There's only a handful of people who have done it. So, this campaign I have going now is called Amelia's Everest, the Lotse Challenge. So it's not only to raise money and awareness for people afflicted with things like this, you know, epilepsy, cognitive, adaptive issues uh, through higher ground, but also for me personally to really like, you know, this is something I have to get after. If I want to be unstoppable, I have to just take that bar and reset it to a much higher level.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. And you are doing it. And I think you've already raised the money that equals the number of feet high that Lhotse is.
0: Well, you know, again, I've been so blessed that people have been so responsive. So what last year I raised, the goal was, it was called Amelia's Everest. That was it. And then of course, we just talked about it it got pushed out. But at the time before all this went down, the goal was to raise $29,029, which is the height of Everest, which we did. We went past that. And then when we reset the new goal, it was to raise $27,940, which is the height of Lotzi, right? Yes. And so the NFL heard about it, and they have a social grant program. They threw in money. The Las Vegas, now Raiders, one of my old teams, they threw in some money. And, you know, collectively now, we're over 50 grand just on the Lotzi challenge. Right? So altogether, it's, you know, well over 89 men and it all goes for wonderful causes and hopefully it can help people down the road.
1: Were they called Higher Ground before you teamed up with them with the Seven Summit and now the Seven and a Half Summit?
0: It's a great question. I've got this hat right here I'll wear right now, Higher Ground logo up here. They've been called Higher Ground for many years and it's really around, there's kind of got this camouflage stuff on here and their priority has been to help mostly military war heroes coming back who've had, you know, they've stepped on IEDs and blown off their knees, things like that. So they come to a place like Sun Valley where they can get in nature and really heal themselves. And we can show them that they can do it. There's a lot of skiing and that type of thing where people can go on the hill. And, and, you know, you've gone through a lot of that kind of stuff where you're physically challenged, but you can still do it, right? And so that's kind of what their theme is. And they approached me after I had this... This event, January two thousand twenty, to raise this money and awareness around Amelia's Everest, and said, "Hey, we'd love to partner with you." I said, "I would love to. Let's do it."
1: Woo-hoo. And your daughter with Epilepsy, how old is she? Does she come to these events with you and meet these veterans? And
0: yeah, so. She did come, um, she obviously comes to visit me. She's 22 and now she started having epilepsy and seizures when she was eight years old. Uh-huh. And you know, I mean, she's been the most brave soul that you can possibly imagine. And Everest and Lhotse and these other summits that, I, that we'll be doing out in the future, amazingly challenging. But at the end of the day, what she goes through on a daily basis, having daily seizures, having to interrupt that in terms of learning going to college at a prestigious school like University of Arizona. She actually had a a volleyball scholarship to the East Coast in the U.S. And she didn't take it because she just wanted to be a college kid. But in so many ways, she's been successful, yet having to battle through being able to drive, ride up, play in the monkey bars, you know, things like that, that you and I maybe take or a lot of people take for granted.
1: Yes. Well, she's clearly like her dad with, It's tough, love, when we say no excuses. There's some very real reasons that you or her or I might have where we say, okay, this is the limit, and nobody would judge us. But because we live this life of no excuses, she has no limits, right? She's right there with, and of course, right? A ship in the harbor is safe as a sailor girl, but ships are made to be sailed. I mean, your life journey is pretty interesting from high performance sport to high performance adventure to high performance humanitarian, you know, you're a hall of famer multiple times and multiple mm-hmm. in your college years in your football years. And now in your summit years, yeah. It just, you keep being nominated hall of famer, which uh-huh. is extraordinary. And then your business, like all of your businesses have hit well over the millions along yeah. the way. What's your biggest challenge you would say? that you had to face and overcome and it could be anything from five years old to today
0: thank you very much for saying those nice things and um, I, I think those are all things you know when you look back in the rear view- mirror in terms of you know these accomplishments but you know at the time you know when you're looking up you know you don't know you're going to be in the Hall of fame and you don't know you're going to go to big bowl games and nfl and all those things It is metaphorically a lot like when I climb, which is literally, and I think you can really identify with this, Tracy. Yeah, Nepal as well. Is just you know that one foot, one step at a time as you make your way up the mountain. I've got this thing called the Pyramid of Success, which is there's a famous coach, John Wooden, who created this modeling that my college coach taught me many years ago. But essentially, it's the all the individual and team goal there's 25 different blocks in those different things and so once you have that goal at the very pinnacle and you reach that championship whatever that is for you it's called competitive greatness and within that competitive greatness is really the love of the game it's you have to love that process you have to want it and it's those things and that's really the difference between you know i'm not special i can promise you that what i can promise you though is that when i lock my my eyes on something, and I have a goal. I keep very focused on it. And I love the process. Like every day I climb up the mountain. I actually ski up the mountain and then ski down. And it's not always fun. Last night I did, it, I was tired, right? But climbed 3,000 feet. And I do that almost every day and every night. And training. And, and, and for training forever, right? But I know that that is going to come in the long run. And I don't know what the outcome is going to be. So like, just like when I started way back when, there was no certainty on if I did X, Y, and Z, that this positive thing, I'd be in the Hall of Fame, I'd be in the NFL, I'd do these different things. But I just know that by doing these things, it put me in the best position of success to actually make those things happen. And, and where I was going to, the only difference between myself and many, is that they just quit. You know, they, yeah. they get going, oh, I don't feel like getting out of battle. And I have those same feelings too. But when you're so committed to that process, yeah. again, competitive greatness, that ultimately will get you to the wrong where you're looking to go.
1: I hear this in so many athletes like yourself. And then when they bring it into their business world, like what you focus on grows. What's that goal? And that it's a non negotiable. Quitting isn't part of the equation.
0: <laughs> it doesn't exist. You know, I have a, a saying. Tracy called, it takes a little more to make a champion. And I've, I've had that since I was a little kid. And some uh-huh. coach had said something to me. And, and, you know, it's kind of a, my kids roll their eyes because every single morning when they got out of the cars, said, How's, what's today going to be? I know, dad, it takes a little more to make a champion. Roll their eyes and jump out. I mean, this uh-huh. is one in a garden. I'm just here to tell you the difference between winning and losing is that fine margin of error of wanting to take it to another level and not giving up and going the extra mile. It takes a little more to make the champion and that's truly what it takes. And champion can look at a variety of different ways. Like I made the NFL and I was there for five years, but, and that's a great accomplishment. But at the same time, I was never a star. I made it, I was part of it, but there's just different levels. But in college, I was more on that level. In high school, I was more on that level. And it's just how you define success. But what that has given me is the opportunity to be in this brotherhood called the NFL to now be a part of something, a paint it forward with higher ground. We're now the Raiders in the NFL, because I'm part of the brotherhood, now they're donating back and helping my daughter. So yeah. things aren't always what they seem on the surface. Yeah. And it sometimes takes many, many, many years of just keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away until like your life is really revealed in the way and what you were really meant to be doing.
1: Yeah. And that you were exactly where you meant to be in the way you were meant to be there. Always one more try. But in that fifth year of the NFL, I imagine you had no idea, like fast forward all these years later, that you would have a daughter and that you would have a daughter that would have epilepsy and that you would have a daughter that would have epilepsy that would then influence your relationship with higher ground that the NFL brotherhood supports. Like you couldn't see those lines in that fifth year of the NFL, I imagine.
0: Well, not only that, but at that fifth year, I thought I was gonna play another five years and then things quickly ended. And so that's where when people look at me, and I think it's really important that as you can see back here, I've kind of put up the things I've done in the Mark Museum, as we call it, do yes. my climbing and some of these other things. And, and Mark, for um, our
1: podcasters, can you describe, I'm inviting you not to be humble and please uh, share the celebration walls around you.
0: Well, I think it's important though, before I do share the celebration walls around me is to note that, you know, there's been a lot of valleys. There's been some peaks, but there's probably been more valleys where I was deep. Like going back into what you were just ending up with, you are talking about the five years. I thought I'd play another five years. So I thought it would be a 10-year NFL guy. And then all of a sudden I'm out of the league. And now I'm like, now what? And then I went through two years of just pain and agony of trying to find my purpose. And yes. that was, I was in such a dark, low place. Oh, yeah. And I'm in a completely different place today. You know, I work for Sports Illustrated and it's an amazing place to be a part right. of and everything else, but you know, it wasn't always like that. And so it's just like, point again going to keep taking that step up the mountain keep chipping away and don't give it up so much as we kind of look over here this is this is my Raiders jersey and, and then behind there it's kind of hard to see but a very purple University of Washington Hall of Fame jacket this is a article that somebody had written about me about former UW football stormer climbing mountains and this is kind of when I was down in Antarctica which is crazy
1: yes and
0: then way back behind me you can see a bunch of my football helmets from back in the day yeah. and then there's some pictures of uh, my Raider days and there's uh, a climbing photo when I was on uh, Denali which is up in Alaska which is the highest peak in North America
1: so Mark I mean clearly some real significant celebrations around the room But when you get together with all of your great friends, and then maybe someone like me pops by, we've met each other a 1000 times virtually, but somehow after COVID, I pop up in your living room, and your friends are all around the table. And they're saying, Oh, my gosh, Mark, you got to tell her the story when? What's the story? Everybody's inviting you to tell me, and all of our listeners.
0: Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I feel a little bit like Forrest Gump where, you know, life is like a box of chocolates. And, <laughs> and, you, and you look so, a bit you know, like him. Yeah, that's Forrest Gump right here. Uh, but I just feel like I have done some things that are cool, but at the same time, look at all the things that I haven't done. You you know, you talked about going after, after this podcast, you're going to jump in the pool and you're gonna do some scuba diving. I've never scuba <laughs> dived. I think that'd be a, such a fascinating thing to learn. But you take a look at, and this is what I really try to push and tell the messaging for everybody else that's out there. It's just like, if you take a step back and we all get very comfortable in our lives and just work. And so I think the biggest lesson for me that I learned, and I didn't really learn this till about 10 years ago when I was going through a lot of pain and agony, when I was going through a divorce with my longtime now ex. Mm -hmm. And it was awful. Kids are involved and everything. And and I didn't know which way to turn. But that is really having the ability to step into the fear. And by stepping into the fear, you know, great things can happen. But you'll never know if you play a conservative. And like, I, I don't know, well, I might get hurt. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Um, and you are, you are beyond the example of somebody who has not let life take you by the head and crushed you. You've done just the opposite. You've crushed life. And that's what I think the important lesson for all of us. And I just, yeah, I've done some things. I've got these cool walls and, you know, some things on them. But I would love to have picture and artifacts of other places in the world and other accomplishments. And so while this 7th Summit, this is kind of, end. I don't mean literally, but, you know, like I have this coming up for me in the next couple of months, 2021 now we're speaking. You know, it's just like, what's next? And what's next to that, right? And it should never, that what's next should never end just because you're a certain age.
1: It's so true because just because you're a certain age, I really, I feel a kindred spirit with you, not just because of your energy and athleticism, but like you after 2016 Rio and it's done and then Tokyo 2020 like cancels and you just like this, this two-year funk and I had no idea what, and then it launched into this big speaker. And like you, there are valleys that people have no idea about, but you, you keep going. But what's next? And you don't stop the story. Even in the seven summits with the pandemic, instead of being stopped, You just turned it into an even bigger, better, faster, more extraordinary goal for 2021. You just said, okay, I got twelve more months to dial it up even larger. And which was, you know, a bonus that the pandemic happened, because now there's a bonus to that deliverable, which is so extraordinary. You triggered a (laughs) thought with me with Nepal and coming back. But it's so so true. And just to come back to you, where do people Find you. You're a speaker, you're a businessman. How can people reach out to you and how can people find your podcast?
0: So, Maya, thank you for asking. My podcast is called Finding Your Summits. Finding Your Summits. Yeah. And really, you know, if you think about it, everybody out there, I've had some incredible people like yourself, Tracy, that, you know, had overcome some amazing things. Right. And so, as I said, Beginning of the show before we went live is that I feel incredibly blessed to be in the presence of people like you and be able to hear their stories. And then it really helps humble me too. And like how blessed my life is because we all have low points, yeah. right? And it helps like really tap into that energy. Like, Hey, they can do it. I can keep pushing up the mountain. And yes. I can just tell you for sure when I'm going up Everest and I've been on Vincent and Antarctica and Denali and Aconcagua 23,000 feet, I've run into hurdles and I've run into these bumps where like, how can I go? And then I tap back into these other people like you that like, if they can do it, I can do it. So that helps motivate me to keep going. But answering a question, you can find me at www.markpattersonnfl.com and my podcast there, the Philanthropy Higher Ground Project, Millionaire Challenge is there. I'll be a blog. People can actually find me and watch me Going up the mountain of Mount Everest, the dot, 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 dot. Really? And so it's going to be pretty cool the way I'll be able to communicate back to everybody and what's going on. So, live time, I'll leave March uh, 30th of 2021 here. And, okay. you know, it's game on, ready to go.
1: Right. Weeks away, and you all get to hear Mark. And when this airs, this will be right around your launch time, which is extraordinary. Just before your launch time, a couple weeks away. And people need to know that Patterson is spelled with two T's, tango, tango, Mark Patterson, <laughs> NFL.com. He's so extraordinary. Yeah. There's two T's in Patterson and I'll have all of those links in the show notes so that if you couldn't catch it fast enough, find the show notes and we'll make sure you get that information and follow his journey on Everest and donate yeah. to higher ground and bring yeah. in Mark Patterson as your speaker when he gets back to wow you with the hurdles he overcomes on that journey. Oh, Mark, you are the epitome of Unstop the Story. Thank you for joining me today. It is such a blessing to have you in my head right before I recertify some of my advanced scuba diving skills. Say goodbye to our viewers. Any last sentence that you want to throw at them?
0: I do. I do. I do. I'm going to say the same thing I said earlier. And i to say the same thing to my daughters every single day. It takes a little more to make a chip. And so go get it.
1: Oh, I love it. You can hear the football coach in him there. <laughs> a little, I'm just the, your beautiful voice. Oh, go get it, everybody. All Thanks right. for joining Mark Patterson and Unstoppable Tracy on Unstop the Story.
0: Love that. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show? I'd love if you could share it with someone you think will find it valuable or inspiring. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player.
2: If you'd like to see a live and unedited version of this full interview, you can. Subscribe for all access at UnstoppableTracy.com interviews and you'll gain instant access to the whole catalog for free.